Pete Buttigieg, uh, Biden's pick for transportation secretary, will have his hearing uh, last week. Buttigieg wants to put millions of new electric vehicles on the road. I'm not sure how we'll pay for them or charge them up if at the same time we're taking all of that uh, incentive money and using it to pay for free college education or free health care for uh, needy college students. Uh, those cars are going to be super expensive. And apparently they charge it with magic. You put them in your garage, and overnight they just magically recharge because the coal-fired plant or the natural gas-fired plant or the anything energy-creating plant that was down the street from your house is now shuttered and uh, not allowed to operate. That's that's about it. Our guest on the Crosstalk, former Wisconsin Senator uh, Frank Lassay, thank you very much for talking with us. Electric vehicles and energy poverty, how do they fit together, Frank? Well, what we're, we're seeing, and there's going to be a huge push to have both the taxpayers and the electric user ratepayers pay for electric charging and the upcharges. As we put millions of more cars into our electric grid and draw power, we're going to have to upgrade our grid and invest in all those. Uh, you know, And they only want wind and solar, as you've already pointed out. It's only wind and solar. And that we're going to pay for that. That drives up energy costs. We're already seeing that in California where their energy costs have have more than doubled um, as they continue on their their quest to put in only wind and solar. And somehow we can do this. But the battery technology simply isn't there, and it's highly expensive. I've seen uh, reliable reports that it'll cost more than a trillion dollars for just New York City to have enough battery backup if they went to wind and solar. Um, and, and people don't understand that electron, uh, I say grids, in the simplest terms, they work on electrons on and electrons off. If you're drawing energy off, somewhere you got to put energy on. And wind and solar is very part-time, as we all know. It's not, not blowing any wind right now. I'm looking out my window. Um, and it's very cloudy. So if we were 100% here where I am in Wisconsin, um, it's, if we were 100% on wind and solar, we wouldn't have energy going on the grid, and then you have a problem. And you can't charge your car. So there's a big push in energy poverty. Poorer people pay more um, for more portion of their budget goes towards energy costs. A wealthy person can afford a, you know, energy bill that goes from five hundred to eight hundred dollars or eight hundred to twelve hundred, whatever it is. They can afford it a lot more than someone who's struggling. That single mom with a couple of kids is working two jobs and paying their utility bills. And when it goes from two hundred to three hundred, that's a big chunk of money for that person. And we're looking at them. Uh, you know, this policy is out there to have electric users and the government pay for subsidies for expensive electric vehicles that only well-off can afford. That's not right. It's Robin Hood in reverse. Right. And and you're absolutely right. Those subsidies that people seem to forget come from regular people because there aren't enough rich people that pay a subsidy in their in their taxes to cover the costs of, as you mentioned, a trillion dollars for New York City alone everybody's going to end up paying for this and not just evil rich people and corporations. Well, that's exactly right. And they've done a great job of marketing to regular people. Well, wind and solar are free. Well, no, they're they're not. There is a lot of truth to that. They employ almost no one once they're put up. So solar, once the solar, you know, you put in thousands of acres of solar panels, millions of solar panels, because that's what it's going to take to replace one big electric nuclear plant, coal plant, or natural gas plant, 
And then they employ almost no one. You put up wind towers. They only employ a handful of people. But then 20 to 25 years later, you got to tear them down and put in new ones because they wear out so fast. So they're replaceable. They're renewable and replaceable. And that is very expensive. And the same thing with electric vehicles. Electric vehicles weigh double the weight of a regular car. And that's because the battery weighs as much as a regular car. And those batteries take lots of mining for lots of minerals to get some really rare earth minerals, which you have to you know, move lots and lots of soil to get a small amount. And as we ramp up and you know, put millions and millions of those on the road, that's another area. And we don't mine. And the Chinese control 85% of all of those rare earth minerals. So we'll be giving, instead of being beholden to the Middle East like we were until we had energy independence last year, uh, we'll be beholden to the Chinese. Well, and I, I read a, an article a couple of weeks ago that said even the rare earth mining in the United States is being uh, called evil by some uh, some Democrats. They don't even want that kind of mining done in the United States. That is really putting us back into the beholden to the Chinese category. Well, the leftists, you know, they want it both ways. They want to drive around in cars. They want to use, people don't even understand that our Internet and our cell phones use tremendous amounts of electricity. Not your computer on your desk, but the, the centers that, that provide all that data and run all the big computers that do it. The same thing with our cell phones. We use them every day. So liberals want to use all this technology, drive around in their gas-powered car, but try to shut down 80% of our energy. And the same thing with mining. Well, we don't want to mine anywhere, but we want cars and we want, you know, and the same thing, you need rare earth minerals to make cell phones and computers. We want we want all of that, but not here, not, not anywhere really, but not here in particular. Um, and let it come out of Africa or Asia where they have no rules and really hurt Mother Earth. And then pretend it's all about Mother Earth, and well, it's not. And you and I aren't enough to change that. Uh, we, we need the media, nationwide media coverage, understanding. We, we need to get the word out that, uh, that the do-all, end-all of, of electric vehicles is going to be more painful than what we currently have, even if we are saving the planet more slowly. You know, that that's absolutely right. And the other part of this is, is think about poor folks who can now go out and buy a two or $3,000 car and get by. Um, now, batteries like, like wind and solar have to be replaced. Batteries on vehicles, they last 10 to 15 years, and then they wear out. They only have a certain number of charges. So, you know, you could have an older electric vehicle that hasn't been charged a lot, used a lot, and then it could still be used. But if it has high mileage... Then that battery costs, I don't know, six to fifteen thousand dollars to replace it. I have Where one of those old electric cars. Electric vehicle car. Frank, I'm I guess I'm good. I hadn't thought about it. I have one of those old electric vehicles. I'll have to remind yeah. my daughter that she can't drive around in her Barbie car anymore because I need it to go to work. Thanks, honey. <laughs> Appreciate that, Frank. Let's say I wish we had more time. We will do it again and again and again and again. I so appreciate your time uh, this morning.